Hey everyone, welcome to episode 175, Roller Coaster Parenting. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, you are gonna love today's episode because I know you like tangible, bite-sized pieces of strategies and things to try. And if one strategy doesn't work, you try another. If that one doesn't work, you try another. And you keep trying and you keep trying and you keep trying until you figure out the dance that works between you and your child. And what you do for one child is completely different sometimes for your other children if you have more than one. When I was teaching, the way I taught reading, the way I taught math, the way I taught friendship skills, the way I taught anything was different for all 20 to 25 kids. So the goal is to stack different strategies for your kids so that if that one doesn't work, you try the next one, you try the next one. Same thing goes is that you're putting things in their tool belt so when they go to try something, if that doesn't work, they're gonna have something below it to try. So just like when we're teaching reading, you get to a word you don't know what to do, you have a lot of different reading strategies that you can do to figure out that word. A lot of kids, their first go-to is sound it out. That's what they hear morning, noon, and night. There's a lot of words that you cannot sound out, like O-F for of. Um, that should be O-V. So they say off. So you want to stack those reading strategies for kids. They have one default one that usually go to, and then if that doesn't work, they have one underneath it. I could sound it out. I could chunk it. I could use picture clues. I could use context clues. I could ask a friend. I could look around the room and see if I see it anywhere in the classroom. So you see how if one doesn't work, that's the same thing with our kids. If one doesn't work, we try another one. If that one doesn't work, we try another one, try another one. So when we're teaching our kids strategies, we have to give them a bunch to put in their toolbox because just like we do with teaching reading, when they get to a word they don't know, what do you do when you get to an emotion you don't know what to do with? It could be a new emotion. That's why some kids go straight to crying. They go straight from zero to 100 so fast because they have nothing to pull from from their tool belt. So our job as their parent is to model and embody those strategies. And a lot of times we weren't taught those as younger kids. So we have to learn them first. And then that's the way that we can teach our kids. And then they have tools in their tool belt. That's why when a baby's little and they're hungry, they go straight from, they have no way of communicating. Their only way is just to scream. Like they're sitting there chill in their bouncy seat and all of a sudden they just flip out. And you're like, whoa, what happened? Because they go straight into fight or flight and it's like, boom, the tears start rolling. And that's the only way they can communicate. And as your kids get older and they start learning how to speak and talk, they can start communicating it. But a lot of times they don't even know what's happening. So they just panic and freak out and then they get in trouble for panicking and freaking out. So that makes it even worse because they wanna please you and they want, they want your approval and they want you to love you. They don't see a difference between you and them. For them, it's one and the same. You are them, they are you. So if you're upset, then they're gonna be upset. I saw this strategy on TikTok and I have been teaching emotional strategies for so many years and this is one I had never heard of and I was like, oh, that is literally genius. I almost didn't share it on here because I cannot find the video. I cannot remember where I saw it. 
But if that TikToker, if that's what they're called, when you TikTok-ish, when you TikTok, does that call, make you a TikToker? If that TikToker is listening, or if you know this TikToker, I'm pretty sure she had an accent, a beautiful, like maybe British accent. I'm so bad with accents. I know Southern accents and that's it. If you know this TikToker, please send her this podcast so I can literally thank her publicly because I don't like sharing things on here when I don't source them, when I don't know where it came from or I don't, I forget to source it. Cause sometimes when you do this work, you listen and you listen and you listen until it becomes your own vocabulary. And then you just think like, Oh, this is what I've always thought. But you forget that you got it three years ago from a book you read and you forget to source it. So if I ever do that, please call me out. I never want to do that. It's like plagiarism in the verbal world, I guess it's called. Anyway, that's a huge disclaimer. So I am so eternally grateful because I love filling my toolbox with tools so I can teach you all these tools. Now my kids are probably at 11. Oh my gosh, Grady's gonna be 12. My kids at 12 and 14, can you believe Grady just turned 12? Like what is happening? At 12 and 14, they probably laughed me out of the house with this strategy, but they were younger. Oh my goodness, this is amazing. Okay, so I call it roller coaster parenting. I'm not really sure what the TikToker called it. So I just made that up because you know how I like to make things up and just make it sound like cute and funny and uh, sometimes the names, like instead of telling my students, I'd be like, you need to pick up all the trash in the, uh, in the classroom. I'd be like, you're garbage guy or garbage girl or the great garbage girl, the great garbage guy. And they're like, oh my, what a cool name. You give it something, a cool name or cool title. Kids are so into it. So I called it the roller coaster because if you ever played, um, did any of you ever play Johnny whoops? Oh my goodness. This is like, this could be just like a family thing that we grew up in. My sisters and I used to always play this. It's called Johnny whoops where you, you do like, um, think about your fingers and you put them out like a, a high five and then you start at the um, tips of your fingers and you go Johnny whoops and he falls in between your fingers and then you touch, touch the top of your next finger and then, the, and then you say Johnny and then you say whoops again because he falls through your fingers like, it, like it's a ditch and you go Johnny whoops, Johnny whoops, Johnny whoops, whoops, whoop. And so you have someone repeat it back to you and then they always get it wrong because they are so focused on how you're doing Johnny whoops with the fingers and the, the ditches that it's at the end you might like scratch your cheek and you do that same thing every time, but you're like, nope, you didn't do it right. Let me try it again. And they're so focused that they don't see you scratching your cheek or it could be folding your arms or it could be fixing your hair, whatever it is, whatever that thing is after the Johnny whoops is how you get them. And that's like the joke, the prank. So this is kind of like the same. I wish I had the visual. This is when I wish I, I could show you this on YouTube because you put your fingers out when your kids are flipping out. Now you never, ever, ever teach any type of strategy during the hot times. You never teach it when they're in yellow and green. You never, you always do any type of teaching of strategies to fill their toolbox. You always do it in calm waters. And I don't like to say the word always, but I mean always at this time because there is no rationale. There is no reason with anyone when they're in the red zone. Cause it's like talking to someone who's had too much to drink. When someone's had too much to drink and they are drunk and then you're trying to tell them they have a drinking problem or they're over drinking or they're embarrassing you or they're acting weird or they're acting moody. You try to do that while they're drunk. It's going to add gas to the fires It never, ever, ever turns out well. Like, yeah, you know what? I might have a drinking problem. Oh yeah, you're right. I am kind of acting embarrassing. Oh yeah. It never happens. So it's the same thing when our kids are in the red zone. We do not engage as far as like trying to teach them. So during calm waters, and I like to do it with when I'm working with students and when I'm working with kids, I like to do it with stuffed animals 
because then they're not the center of attention. They're kind of like playing along with you and you can teach these things that you want to teach them and they don't even know that they're learning. It's kind of like when I used to watch Sesame Street, I loved watching Sesame Street, but I never realized I was learning my sounds and my letters and near, far and all these different concepts because I just loved watching Bert and Ernie. So you're kind of like teaching them on the sly. And so teaching them with stuffed animals or teaching them with role playing or teaching them with you and your spouse where they're an active part of it is a great way to teach it. So you could pretend that the stuffed animal is upset or the puppet and you're acting both people out at the same time. And when someone is upset, they don't know how to calm down. So a great way to teach them to calm down is through breathing. I love doing soup with Grady. He gravitated towards that. Lily couldn't stand it. She needed to be alone and she didn't want to like, she would always want me to say, do you need help calming down? Or do you want to calm down by yourself? And she always chose to calm down by yourself, but she said that was much different than saying, go to your room until you calm down. Cause I was like shunning her away. So I was giving her the option. So you want to give them some of that power and control that they want back when they feel so out of control. So roller coaster, when they're upset is you put out your hand or they can put out their own hand. Cause this is something you want to teach them that they can do when they're playing sports, when they're at school, when they feel left out, when they're on the playground, someone frustrates them that they have their own strategies to pull from when they're feeling frustrated. So you put your palm out and then they use your fingers almost as a roller coaster. And so you start at the thumb and then you, and then you take a deep breath in as you're going down the thumb. And then as you're going up, you're taking a deep breath in. And then when you, then you get to the top of your index finger, then you go down, you're breathing out. Then you go up, you take a deep breath. You're now at the middle finger. You're at the top there. And so when you get to the top of the finger, then you go down the finger. When you're going down the finger, that's when you're breathing out. And when you're going up the finger, the side of the finger, then that's when you're going breathing in, making me want to take deep breaths now too. So now I'm on the ring finger and now I'm at the tip of my ring finger. So I'm going to exhale. And then when I'm going up, I'm going to inhale and you keep doing that. And you teach that during calm waters. So you can say whatever you want to call it. You can call it roller coaster. You can say going on a train ride. You don't want to call it deep breathing or meditation or mindful techniques. You want to call it something fun and flirty that the kids can gravitate towards. You can call it something including their name. I like to do anything that has alliteration. If it can be something with a catchy name, you can call it whatever you want. You could call it your finger friends. You want to help with your finger friends. And that's when you offer the kids a choice when you're on step four of taming the tantrum. Do you need help calming down or do you want to calm down by yourself? That's what I would say to Lily all the time. And then with Grady, I used to say, and then I would, I would say, I knew he needed help because he always wanted help. So in that situation, I could say, do you want to spell your name backwards or do you want to do soup or do you want to do finger, finger fun or do you want to do patty cake? Again, this is when they're much younger. So try this out with your kids. Make sure you teach it during calm waters, reinforce it, and then model it for them when you're feeling frustrated and make stuff up because a lot of times it's easy to teach when you're pretending that you're upset or you pretend that you're overwhelmed in the kitchen or you dropped a bunch of things. You could drop a bunch of papers and say, oh my goodness, I'm so frustrated and talk out loud of your, your thought technique of what's going on when you're upset. Cause it's hard to teach when you're in the red zone yourself. So it's great to teach when you're in the calm zone, but they don't know you're in the calm zone. They don't know you're in the green zone because you can kind of play it up. You can get your Oscar during this. You could drop a bunch of papers on the way from the mailbox and drop in the mailbox and say, OMG, I'm so frustrated. Let me take a deep breath. Let me do finger fun. Okay. I'm going to do this. And you can be silly. You can be jovial. 
it feels wild, but no one's watching other than your child. And there's no one more important to learn something so powerful than a strategy that they can fill in their tool belt to help them calm down when they're upset, when they're frustrated, when they're sad, when they're mad. Now, again, none of these strategies always work, and that's why you want to stack different strategies so you have different ones to pull from. And sometimes you just let them cry it out. Just sometimes my kids are crying. I'm like, just get it out. It just feels so good. It's therapeutic. We don't always want to make it stop because the more we try to resist it, the more it will start to persist. So try these strategies out. Give them tools for the tool belt, and you will see that over time you're not so scared of the tantrums that you realize like, oh, my child's having a hard time versus giving me a hard time. They don't know any strategies. So of course they're freaking out over something so little. That only makes sense. And then you're not sitting in judgment and shame that it means something about you. It means something about them that they haven't been taught these skills or these strategies and they can always learn. So watch your kids, do a lot of role playing with them and have some fun. Because when you do that, the tension in the home will lighten and you'll have more harmony in the home. I love you guys. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com and if you really wanna fill up my love cup, Send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.